Hi, welcome to Healthify with Gamal, your weekly dose of hope, health, and happiness. I'm your host, Gamal, a certified holistic health coach, and alongside me is my incredible co-host. Hey there, I'm Reet, and I'm super thrilled to be here and talk about today's episode. Yeah, in today's episode, we're talking about something that affects millions of women worldwide. It's endometriosis. It's a condition that's close to my heart because I've personally experienced its challenges. Yeah, and not only that, but I know you've gone through surgical menopause, which is something we're going to be talking about today. And it's incredible to have you share your own journey and insights with us. Absolutely. And trust me, if you're listening to this podcast, this is an episode you'll want to listen to the end. Endometriosis is a condition that affects women of all ages and surgical menopause is an important aspect of the journey for many of us. That's right. So whether you're someone who has endometriosis, going through surgical menopause, or you're just simply curious to learn more, we've got you covered. We'll be diving deep into understanding endometriosis, the link between endometriosis and surgical menopause, and the consequences that follow it. One, two, three, four. Yeah, okay, so let's start with understanding what endometriosis is. Yeah. Now, Reed, did you know that endometriosis affects around 10% of women worldwide? Really? Wow. That is a really big number. Yeah. And I think what's even more surprising is that many women have endometriosis, or commonly called endo, uh, without even them knowing it. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happened to me. Um, For years, I experienced excruciating pain during my periods. Yeah. But I brushed it off as something uh, normal, you know, for a very long time. And little did I know that it was the result of endometriosis silently wreaking havoc in my body. Yeah, I know that it was incredibly challenging for you, mom. Um, You would be laying in bed without knowing that this is actually what you have, you know, in pain. And it's astonishing how we often tend to dismiss our own pain or normalize it, especially when it comes to our own reproductive health. Yeah, I never really got a proper diagnosis, even after complaining for years to many doctors, many gynecs. Yeah. Um, and I was told it's normal and I would just be prescribed birth control and sent home. And all this while, I was also battling ulcerative colitis. And at that time, I was told that it's the UC, the ulcerative colitis, and not my periods causing the pain. And eventually, I had to have emergency total hysterectomy and ended up with having surgical menopause. And that's why it's so important for me to raise awareness about endometriosis and to educate um, ourselves and others about the signs and the symptoms. Absolutely. You know, By recognizing the signs of endo, we can seek medical help and support at the right time, which is necessary. And that's why we're here to share our experiences and empower others to take charge of their own health. Yeah, speaking of empowering others, 
We'd love to hear from you, our incredible listener. If you're finding value in this podcast and want to support us, we'd be extremely grateful if you could take a moment to leave a five-star review and subscribe to Healthify with Kamal on Spotify so you always know when a new episode drops. Yeah, that's right. They can help us reach more people who may need this information. Yeah, so um, the reviews really matter. Yeah, please give us a good review. Okay, now we're going to go back to our discussion on endometriosis. For those who might not be as familiar to what this is, could you give us a brief uh, overview of what it could actually be? Yeah, so endometriosis, or as you mentioned, endo, yeah. is a condition where the tissue similar to the lining of the uterus called the endometrium grows outside of the uterus. So it can affect various organs in the pelvic area, causing pain, inflammation, and sometimes even fertility issues for some women. Yeah, I know that sounds incredibly challenging for women to go through. So can you share some common symptoms that women with endo might experience? Yeah, so some common um, symptoms include severe pelvic pain, um, painful periods like I used to have, heavy menstrual bleeding, yeah. uh, pain during intercourse, during sex. However, it's important to note that the severity of symptoms can vary from one person to another. Yeah. Everybody's unique. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's crucial for everyone to understand that these uh, these symptoms, so that way they can get the medical help if they need it. Yeah. And if you're experiencing these symptoms, I encourage you to reach out to a doctor as soon as possible for further evaluation and to get guidance on your condition. Yeah. So endo, as we can see from the symptoms and how what you described it to be, it's a very complex condition and it often goes undiagnosed uh, in a lot of women, which causes a lot of pain and discomfort for them. So let's dive deep into the difficulties surrounding the diagnosis and treatment options that are available. Yep. Uh, so, mom, I know you have personal experience in this area. So could you share our, your journey with us? Yeah. So um, diagnosing endo can be a long and frustrating process. And many women, myself included, often experience years of pain and other symptoms before receiving a proper diagnosis. And it's important to Advocate for yourself, seek out healthcare providers who specialize in this area and can help you with endo and insist on a thorough evaluation if you suspect that you may have the condition. Yeah, I know you sometimes have to um, be really pushing to your doctor to really see if you actually have it. And it is an important point because the road to diagnosis can be really challenging, but once you get diagnosed, it's crucial to explore the available treatment options. So what are some conventional treatments that women with endo may consider? Yeah, so some options are for endo can be um, pain medications, yeah. um, hormone therapies, and then in some cases, even surgery to remove the 
uh, endometrial tissue that I was just talking about. Yeah. And these treatments can provide a relief for many women, but it's important for you to work closely with your um, gynec to determine the best approach for your individual situation. Yeah. And it's very important for you to keep pressing and advocating for yourself when that gynec or that doctor is not willing to listen. Yeah. You need to find a doctor who's going to listen yeah. and not stop. I feel like for most gynecs, like it's an easy way out to just uh, prescribe them uh birth control pills or anything related to birth control because even with like uh, younger women who are just starting their period or are early on in their period they often just prescribe them birth control pills if they're very irregular so I feel like it's very important to yeah push them yeah definitely uh, while these conventional treatments can be effective a lot of women also seek out holistic approaches to manage the symptoms and support their overall well-being. So what are some holistic ways women can deal with endo? Yeah, holistic ways are actually always better because uh, you're taking everything into consideration, mind, body, soul, you know, all of it. And these approaches can play a significant role in managing your endo symptoms and supporting your overall health. So some women find relief through dietary changes, such as, you know, reducing inflammatory foods and then increasing fiber intake and incorporating anti-inflammatory foods like fruits, vegetables, and like omega-3 fatty acids. Um, Stress reduction techniques like meditation, yoga, acupuncture, you know, these can be very beneficial in managing pain and promoting a relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. I think these are some really good suggestions. Uh, and it's important to take a holistic approach and not just address the physical symptoms, but also the emotional and psychological side of it as well. So did you personally find any other holistic methods uh, that were helpful in dealing with this condition? Yeah, so uh, for myself, alongside dietary changes and stress reduction techniques, I found that um, herbal remedies yeah. uh, such as uh, turmeric and ginger had in, uh, anti-inflammatory properties that help alleviate pain. Yeah. So I use them a lot. And then additionally, uh, just maintaining a regular exercise routine and ensuring Adequate rest and sleep played a crucial role in managing all the symptoms. And so like for exercise specifically, you know, I just there wasn't much I could do when I was having these pains. So I would like try to walk if I could. Um, And then doing uh, exercises that strengthened my pelvic floor, which I feel for many women is weak. Um, especially after childbirth, it's weak. So doing those sort of exercises can really help your pain. Yeah, definitely. So moving on, did you know that endometriosis can sometimes lead to surgical menopause? Wow, I think that's really interesting. Uh, Could you explain to our listeners what surgical menopause actually means? Yeah, so everybody knows about menopause. Which is a gradual change, right? But surgical menopause occurs when 
a woman's ovaries are surgically removed, resulting in a sudden decrease in hormone production. And this can happen as a treatment option for certain conditions, like in mine, it was ulcerative colitis. Right. So sometimes like autoimmune conditions, cancer yeah. is one, ovarian cancer, right? Uh -huh. um, other sorts of uh, cancers as well. Um, and then it, in surgical menopause, the reason for the menopause is when you have removed the ovaries. Yeah. You know, it's a very drastic like a within a second change that one minute you're not in menopause and the next you are because your production, like basically they've removed the factory. Yeah. As I always yeah. say. So yeah, so that's what happens in that. So when women just have their uterus removed, that doesn't count as them going into surgical menopause. Yeah. So when women have their uterus removed, uh, which a lot of women do for hysterectomies, yeah. right? Um, it affects their estrogen definitely and progesterone, but no, they they still kind of go through the gradual uh, process of menopause. Yeah. It is when, like in my case, your ovaries are removed, your uterus, your cervix. I had a total hysterectomy, which yeah. means Nothing was left. Yeah. Everything was removed. So the moment they disconnected the wiring, yeah, the, yeah, I was in menopause. Yeah. 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 Right. So in some cases, women with endometriosis may go through surgery to remove uh, the ovaries, like you mentioned, which triggers the surgical menopause. And I know, like you mentioned, you've gone through this yourself. So what was your experience like with surgical menopause? Yeah, so going through surgical menopause was a significant turning point in my life. And it was something I had not really planned, right? Yeah. So as you know, I ended up having emergency total hysterectomy during my surgery for colitis. Uh, I had actually gone in to have my rectum removed as a part of go, getting a J pouch um, because I have ulcerative colitis. And during the start of the surgery, the GI surgeon who was doing my surgery realized that she couldn't get to my rectum because my ovaries were filled with fluid. They were basically all black, yeah, uh, which they showed me afterwards, yeah. And they were covering the rectum. You know, yeah. that's how enlarged they had become. And it was very hard for them to reach the rectum and it was very dangerous as well. Yeah. So after getting an emergency permission from your father, yeah. my husband, yeah. um, my ovaries, my uterus, cervix, everything was removed. Uh, it was in the recovery room that the surgeon told me that I had endometriosis. That's the first I heard of it. Yeah. And that my ovaries were ready to bust any moment. And if that had happened, I basically would have died. Yeah. You know? And um, the removal of my ovaries brought on an abrupt end to my hormone production, plunging me into surgical menopause yeah. and a whole lot of other things that I knew nothing about. Yeah. I know that was quite a journey and I remember my dad getting the phone call and him having to make that decision. Uh, and I know you've experienced so many emotional and physical effects through it all. 
um, I remember when you found out that you had endo, um, you were like, oh my God, this makes so much sense that all the pain that I was uh, experiencing, like this is what it is. Yeah, I had always been complaining about the pain during my periods, you know, I mean, it yeah. was so bad that I couldn't move in those days. I would basically be bedridden, yeah. screaming in pain. And then every time I would go to the doctor, right, yeah. and tell her that this is what's happening, they would, yeah, they would examine me and, you know, some they've even done some testing, but then everything would just come out normal and I'd be prescribed birth control pills and yeah. sent on my way and back to having painful periods again. Yeah. So nobody, uh, even after me screaming for it for years, yeah. nobody took notice. So I know you went through a lot of emotional and physical effects through it all, uh, going through surgical menopause. So could you describe what those effects were? Yeah. So emotionally, it's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, the sudden hormonal changes caused mood swings which you experienced, Um, the hot flashes, which were actually worse than just your regular menopause, and even bouts of anxiety and depression. And I mean, I've always been a very self-assured, confident person. But then now, especially in the beginning, I started to doubt everything about myself, you know, and I would easily get very anxious. And physically, I faced challenges like, uh, in my case, it was weight loss and not weight gain. For some people, it is weight gain. And then insomnia, um, I would basically just, you know, throughout the night be up trying to fall asleep. And then bone density loss. My bones have gotten weaker over time. And was and still is actually a challenging period of adjustment and self-discovery. I'm still learning new things about myself and how to take care of myself. And it had been a huge impact on my relationships, uh, my marriage, you know, my relationship with you, with your brother, with my parents, with other family and friends. Because of the adjustment needed on both sides. It's not just my adjustment, I think, that it's also the other person in the relationship. So like in my marriage, like my husband has had to make the adjustments accordingly. And definitely he's struggling as well. I mean, this is not something, you know, that comes to you easily. And then I know with you and your brother, you guys have also had to adjust and, you know, make changes. Yeah. 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 And I've actually seen all of these effects in person, you know, like you talk about hot flashes, especially in the beginning when you would have a lot of hot flashes and you were talking to me or to someone else, you would have to stop the conversation in the middle just to take a breather and let the hot flash pass by. You know, I've seen you go through all of that. Yeah. And I would be just fully red yeah and full of sweat yeah 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 he would like i need a bucket of ice on my head at all times (laughs) yeah so i think it's essential for our listener to really understand the emotional and physical impact that surgical menopause can actually have so did you receive any support or guidance during this transition Yeah, so I've been fortunate enough to have a very strong support system in my family. Yeah. And um, also the healthcare professionals that have helped me. 
They've played a crucial role in providing me with emotional support and guiding me through this new phase of my life. And seeking help and finding a support network can definitely make a world of difference during this time period because you feel very alone, you know, and also because nobody uh, talks about menopause, let alone surgical menopause. So it's it's a very, um, the best word I can say is lonely time, you know, for you. And um, also I have learned that I need to be an advocate for my own health. I was already of that thinking, but after experiencing this um, with endo and surgical menopause, I've become an even stronger uh, advocate for my health. I mean, I question and I push my doctors if I have a problem. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. Yeah. Close and personal. Um, And I know that support and support is key here because like you said it's a very isolating and lonely journey that you have to go through because everybody goes through it differently so it's very important to have support uh so for now for our incredible listeners out there we would love to hear from you if you've had any experiences with endometriosis or surgical menopause or if you just have any questions or insights that you want to share please reach out to us Your stories and input are incredibly valuable to us, and together we can create a strong community of support and understanding. That's right. Um, That's exactly why we do these episodes. And you can connect with us through our website or our social media channels like Instagram. And um, if you have any questions or you just want to talk, go ahead and DM us. Yeah. And I just want to take a moment here to really appreciate the strength and resilience of all the women that have faced endometriosis and surgical menopause. Just want to let you guys know that you guys are warriors and we are here to stand with you through your journey. That's great. Okay, so Reed, going through this experience myself, I can tell you that the consequences can be quite significant, as we've discussed a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really crucial to understand the impact that surgical menopause can have on a person's body and overall well-being. And I know a lot of hormonal changes come along with it. So what are some of those changes? Yeah, so when your ovaries are removed, the body experiences an immediate drop in estrogen and progesterone levels. Yeah. Um, and estrogen is something that makes you woman, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, this hormone imbalance can lead to a variety of physical symptoms like the hot flashes, the night sweat, vaginal dryness. Thank God I haven't experienced that. Yeah. Um, sleep disturbances. Definitely have experienced those. Yeah. You know, um, All these symptoms, yeah. Yeah, and these symptoms can be incredibly challenging to navigate, Yep, I'm assuming here. Um, Did you experience any other physical effects during surgical menopause? Absolutely. (laughs) So weight gain, um, a little bit, but in my case, it was weight loss and changes in metabolism. These are quite common during uh, surgical menopause. Yeah. And additionally, there's an increased risk of developing conditions like osteoporosis because your bone density is decreasing very yeah. fast. 
due to the uh, decreased estrogen levels, yeah. which affects bone density, as yeah. I said. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to be aware of this because surgical menopause doesn't just impact our body physically. It can also have psychological and emotional effects along with it. So can you share your experience in that regard? Yeah. Um, so surgical menopause brought on a whirlwind of emotions for me. And sudden hormone changes triggered mood swings. So yeah. one minute I was happy and the next I was crying. Um, I had irritability and I would just get irritated with the smallest of things, yeah. you know, for no reason. Yeah. Even it, it baffled me. Why am I so irritated? And even feelings of sadness and anxiety, as I said, I, yeah. I you know, I can cry at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely a skill. Um, and then the anxiety part. Yeah, I tend to get anxious very quickly. And actually, in the middle of it, I even started to have anxiety attack. Yeah. 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 And it took me time to understand and manage those emotions, you know, because so much was going on. I At first, I didn't understand what was going on. And yeah. then slowly, I started to put two and two together and say, you know, okay, something big is happening to me. Yeah, I need to take notice of this. I need to seek support. And then I started to prioritize my self-care, yeah. which played a crucial role in my healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for our listeners to know, again, that they're not alone in navigating the emotional roller coaster that can come with surgical menopause. Um, because having, again, support is very important through yeah. all of this. And speaking of support, what are some ways individuals can cope with the consequences of surgical menopause? Yeah, so firstly, it's essential to work closely with your healthcare professional, your gynec or your general uh, physician, you know, to find the best approach for managing symptoms. And you should not be allowed to leave the hospital without being given HRT. Um, in my case, I was offered and I was naive and I said no at that time. Okay. That was a mistake I made. Yeah. And I don't want other women making that mistake. Do not leave the hospital without getting HRT. But some other things may include um, lifestyle modifications. And by the way, HRT is hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. And then also some uh, self-care practices, you know, like proper nutrition, stress reduction, uh, exercise, all of those are great. But coming back to HRT one more time, I do want to say that uh, there is a whole lot of confusion when it comes to hormone replacement therapy. And there was a study, Women's Initiative in 2000, um, that brought on this confusion. Uh, you guys can look it up. Yeah. Um, and that said some pretty negative things about it, which, you know, put off a lot of women from HRT, but it's actually very helpful. And right now I do the hormone replacement therapy. And for somebody experiencing all these symptoms of 
surgical menopause or just regular menopause, it is something to consider. You should talk to your gynec about yeah. it. Definitely. Yeah. I think this goes along with that study that you mentioned of how one study can change everybody's opinion on a certain thing yeah. like hormone replacement therapy. Like you said, it's a very important thing for women that go through surgical menopause. So definitely look into that. Yeah. Um, and it's also important to build a strong support system. So surrounding yourself with understanding family and friends, you know, also joining support groups related to this and seeking counseling or therapy can be incredibly beneficial during this time. Yeah, absolutely. So support and self-care are paramount. Yeah. You know. And it's important for your loved ones, your partner to be educated about all this so they can support you. And the one thing we need to remember is that, yes, it is new and it's hard change for us women who are going through this. Mm -hmm. But it is equally hard for our partners, for our kids, for our family members. And when you are getting educated, I hope that they are also getting educated um, in this, how to deal with this, how to maneuver it, you know. And that can make it uh, far easier on both sides and help you along the way. Yeah, I know that I had to become a lot more sensitive towards you when it came to all of this stuff and not really take your irritability to heart because that's just a side effect of what you're going through, you know. And coping with the consequences of surgical menopause can be really challenging as you describe what you've gone through. But if you have the right tools and support, it can help individuals navigate this phase with greater ease. And like I said, I know you've gone through this experience yourself. So what were some coping strategies that helped you? So when I entered uh, surgical menopause, I found it helpful to prioritize self-care. And planning time for myself, engaging in activities that brought me happiness, brought me joy, um, and practicing relaxation techniques like meditation and deep breathing, which I'm a very strong believer of. And I was already doing that for my UC. Yeah. So that helped me manage my stress and promote my overall well-being. And I also spent time learning and reading about the changes I was going through about yeah. menopause and how I can make it better. You know, this goes along with that advocating for my own health. Yeah. And then also explaining and talking to my family, to you, yeah. to your brother, you know, um, to my husband about how I was feeling, what I was feeling and what kind of help I needed. I think so many times we women find it so hard to ask for help. And just because we don't want to burden anybody, yeah. right? But I think we actually end up burdening people when we're not asking for help because yeah. everybody's struggling. Yeah. So like you said that you had to make the changes. So when I told you that my focus and my concentration has gone down, yeah. you know, it takes me a minute to process things uh, just because the effect it's had on my brain. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, and then you take a minute. Sometimes I tell you, slow down. 
Yeah. Uh, so I can process the information, right? Yeah. So those sort of things, if you are uh, upfront and honest with your feelings and tell them to your family members, yeah. and I hope the family members are willing to listen and are putting in that effort, Yeah. you know, it, those kind of things also help a lot. Yeah. I feel like if we don't, like us women, if we don't... uh tell how we're feeling during these times we also end up burdening ourselves with those feelings because that just causes more stress uh, to our own selves and our brain because we already have so much going on and then this on top of it just adds another layer to it. Yeah it makes it even worse. Yeah so self-care is so important during this during these times of transition and change so did you have any other strategies that were helpful in coping with the consequences? So like I've mentioned before, building a strong support system was crucial for me. And so, connect, you know, connecting with other women who had gone through similar experiences, even though this was very hard because yeah. this is not as common as you yeah. would think, uh, whether uh, through support groups or online communities, you know, this all provided me with a sense of understanding and validation. Uh, it made me feel like, okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, and it was very comforting to know that some somebody else was going on uh, along with me on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. Support from others who can really relate with your experiences can be incredibly empowering. Because like you said, you know that you're not alone in this journey. And speaking of support, we want to remind you, our listener, that they can follow us on Instagram at Healthify with Gummel Podcast for more resources, updates, community engagement, and behind the scenes. Yep. By following us on Instagram, you'll have access to a supportive online community. So you can connect with others. You can share your stories. You can connect with us. And if you need any help or you have any questions, definitely DM us uh, related surgical menopause or any other health topic that you might want to talk about. Yeah, uh, we would love to talk to you guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, life after surgical menopause can bring its own set of challenges and adjustments. Yep. Uh, and I love to hear what your experience is like and how you're navigating this new chapter. <laughs> So life after surgical menopause has been a journey of self-discovery, to say the least, and um, of acceptance for myself. Yeah. Um, actually, that's something I've struggled with um, a lot most of my adult life, but this definitely, you know, made it harder. Yeah. But it was also something I couldn't ignore anymore. Yeah. Um, and it took time to adapt to the physical and the emotional changes. But through self-care, through support, uh, positive mindset, you know, all of those things, I have started to find a new sense of balance and happiness in myself. Yeah, finding that balance and embracing the changes is key. You know, acceptance is a very important part of this. Like I've told you many times, because along with this, you've mentioned that self-doubt is a very big thing. So I know I've pushed you to believe in yourself and accept yourself for who you are, which is very important during this time and life. Yep. 
Um, so what were some tips or strategies that helped you and might be beneficial for our listeners? So one important aspect is maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I know we keep repeating this, um, but this actually is the most important thing. So regular exercise, proper nutrition, adequate rest, all of these are very essential in uh, helping you manage symptoms and promote overall well-being. And additionally, uh, exploring holistic approaches, you know, like uh, aquapuncture or um, herbal remedies, mind-body practices like yoga or meditation, all of these can provide support and relief. I think these are some really good suggestions, Mom. And it's important to approach this new phase of life with a very open mind and a willingness to try different strategies. And what about the emotional and psychological aspects of life? Yeah, so emotionally, it's essential to give yourself permission to grieve the loss of your previous hormonal state. Yeah. While also embracing the opportunities that come with this new phase. And by this, you know, early on, I didn't realize because I was going through so much, but slowly I started to feel the loss of losing so many of my organs, Um, you know, my ovaries, the uterus. And then for UC, I had also um, lost my large intestine, my rectum, you know, all of that. Yeah. So... Yeah, for a while I started to feel empty and so I want I had to learn to give permission to myself to grieve yeah. for that so that I can accept this new me. Um it took time and then surrounding yourself with a supportive network of loved ones and if needed you can seek therapy or counseling. Yeah. In my case I had my loved ones so that was a good thing for yeah. me. And then practicing self-compassion, that's a very important one. You know, you if you don't love yourself, nobody's going to. Yeah. You have to put yourself first in these sort of situations and take care of yourself. And then also, um, you know, just self-love is very vital in navigating the emotional journey. Yeah. Yeah. You have to love yourself before you can love others. Yep. It's like that airplane thing, you know, put your mask on first before helping others. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this is some excellent advice you're giving to our listener. And embracing the emotional aspect and seeking support are really crucial steps towards finding happiness in life after surgical menopause. And before we conclude... We want to just remind our listener to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast on to show your support for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Healthify with Kamal. And we hope our discussion on endometriosis and its consequences of Surgical menopause has provided you some valuable insight and support and some valuable hope if you are somebody who's going through all this. Yeah, and remember that you're not alone in this journey. 
reach out to your healthcare providers, seek support from your loved ones, and explore the resources that are available to you. Yes, and before signing off, we want to extend a heartfelt invitation to connect with us on Instagram at Healthify with Gummel Podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts, your stories, and even suggestions for future episodes. What do you want us to talk about? Yeah, let us know. And thank you once again for being a part of our Healthify community. Remember, your health and well-being matters, and we're here to support you every step of the way. Stay strong, stay healthy, and stay healthified. Until next time, goodbye. Hi there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder that the information provided on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only. The content on this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any medical condition. You should always seek the advice of a doctor or a qualified medical professional with any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment.